Brought to you by Island. This is the Cloud Bytes Podcast. Where we ah, see there, I'm already mis- making a mistake. Brought to you by Island. This is the Cloud Bytes Podcast, where we bring together panels of opinionated cloud customers, providers, and analysts to discuss topics related to how clouds are built, marketed, and consumed. Everyone has different needs in the cloud, so we'll debate the topic at hand, and at the very least, agree to disagree. Our goal is to provide good sound bites about how to manage your bites in the cloud. And sometimes the best conclusion may simply be that the cloud bites. This episode is all about the concerns IT professionals have with the security of their jobs when their company moves to the cloud. My name is Brian Knutson. I'm the Director of Cloud Market Intelligence for Island, and will be acting as our moderator for today's discussion. This episode's panel includes a great mix of job experiences. Let's start with having each of our panelists quickly introduce themselves with their current role and a soundbite of their initial thoughts about what is important when considering concerns about job security in the cloud. I'm Ben Leibowitz. I work for Turbonomica as a professional services engineer. I've worked in the IT field for over 20 years. I've worked both on the corporate side as well as now on the vendor side. So I've seen lots of different things that affect job security, you know, from dealing with outsourcing and such. Yeah, my name's Anthony Spiteri. I'm a senior global technologist at Veeam Software, working in the product strategy group. No man, job security, it's a big topic, even more prevalent today with the acceleration of technologies that we work with and, you know, the move towards different platforms where applications sit creates a lot of agitator. So I think we're going to have a good conversation around this. Hi, my name is Kim Delgado. I'm with VMware. I've been with VMware for just over 11 years now, and I'm an architect and I'm moving into a new role in the field in pre-sales. I'm very excited about that for uh, VMware Cloud, but I've been an architect in a variety of roles over the past six or seven years at VMware, maybe, sorry, more like eight or nine years, both in customer success, as well as within the cloud management business unit as a functional architect and a solutions architect. So I've had a variety of different roles throughout my time at VMware. And this will be an interesting topic for me because I haven't actually applied for a job at a new company since 2001. I've gone through a couple of, you know, acquisitions and getting moved around and taken on different roles at VMware, but it'll definitely be an interesting conversation. Yes, I agree. And thank you all for joining me for it. To me, IT is a fascinating industry to watch with regards to people's careers. Some of us specialize in one narrow technology and stick with that for as long as possible. Others remain generalists their entire career, learning a little bit about everything. Perhaps their specialization could be called the connecting of disparate technologies. Still others focus on one technology for a few years, then decide to focus on a new technology that may be closely related or drastically different. In any case, there are many different ways to define success in IT careers. But none of these paths are free of the fear of change that comes from the elimination of a person's current position, because change is the core of this industry. I can think of a few reasons why IT professionals working on the customer side would fear for their security of their job, including the elimination of part of the infrastructure that they specialize in, thinking they can't or won't be able to have the opportunity to update those skills and, you know, management may be out to eliminate headcounts. You know, I definitely have heard that one before. Ben, what are you seeing in the real world that should actually cause IT professionals to fear for their jobs? 
like I mentioned during my introduction, I've been in this field for a long time and I've had the experience at multiple jobs having to fight outsourcing. So I've been at jobs where I've left and one of the jobs I left and like maybe a week, a week and a half after I left, everyone at the company was notified that all of IT was being outsourced. I've been at jobs where companies like Accenture came in to evaluate whether or not it would make financial sense to outsource. So that to me has been something that like I've battled almost throughout my entire career. Yeah. And that is real. I've definitely seen it. The irony is that they oftentimes find out that they can't completely outsource IT and then they have to bring jobs back in. Yeah. I've also seen that happen a lot too. And it's unfortunate that people's lives have to be so disrupted in order for them to learn that lesson. Yeah. And I think from my point of view, I mean, in my career, it's, it's been a bit about what you mentioned at the top, right? Do you generalize or do you, you know, go focused? And I remember very specifically early on when I was working on, I've always worked for service providers, right? And always on hosted services, but I was working with hosted exchange back in the day before Microsoft came and screwed all the partners that helped them get it there. But anyway, it's a different story. <laughs> you know, so I was working on hosted exchange services and I, I got really good at exchange, like really good because obviously to host it, you had to know all the ins and outs. And I remember thinking at one point, you know, there was all these government jobs going, all these private sector jobs going about just being an exchange admin, right? I remember trying to th juggle that in my head to think, you know, from a job security point of view, is that the way to go? Ultimately, I think it would have been a horrible decision for my career, given, you know, what's happened since then. I think that would have led specializing in exchange, as an example, in terms of a technology, given, you know, what's happened with the hosting of it, Office 365, how it's effectively become a non-existent on-premises solution, that would have really screwed me. So, that's an interesting fork in the road that I took. And I think I based it on job security moving forward with that one. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I've been through, you know, kind of multiple acquisitions and getting moved between companies. EMC acquired the small startup that I worked at that was actually based down in Sydney in 2008. And then they moved us over to VMware in 2010. And through both of those acquisitions and moves, there are certain people that almost always, you know, are on the losing ends of those types of changes. They aren't always on the tech side. Sometimes they are. For example, when we moved to VMware, we lost all of our very skilled technical support people because they didn't want to move to Broomfield. And, you know, at that point, you know, that was a time when you had to be in one of the major call centers in order to be in tech support or in GSS. So there's always kind of, I feel like there's always certain roles, especially, you know, on the admin side that are on the losing ends in acquisitions. But hopefully, you know, roles like services and things like that are a little bit more stable. Yeah, I've definitely seen in my career that having a lot of different experiences can pay off. I've at times been generalist and times I've been specialist. I kind of go wave in and out in different ways as I get to different technologies. You know, VMware for me was kind of that specialization path for me. I got really good at VMware, took a job specifically to focus on that. and then through that job, in this case was for a VAR, I ended up in pre-sales and had to start learning a lot more technologies again. And, you know, that really broadened my knowledge base even further than, you know, managing VMware actually requires a lot of broadening as well. And I think that served me the best is when I do have that general, I like that point of view that being super specialized in one thing does put you at more risk because it means one technology going away has the potential of disrupting your career pretty significantly. I would agree. VMware was an interesting 
path to take to stumble upon basically i mean it was naturally going to happen but i remember the day when i said oh what is this uh, esx this is pretty crappy compared to what i was using with hyper-v you know back in the day but then again it was just about the point in time and you know digging deeper and understanding that you know this new platform had a bit more to it it sharpened my linux skills again i was always kind of on the edge with linux but you know, doing an ASX thing, an ASXI, you kind of have to sharpen up in that area again. And then, you know, networking, storage, you know, and then cloud management platforms, a vCloud director. I mean, that sort of stuff is a great example of a technology that broadens, like you said, your outlook because you have to, you know, where else the example of Exchange Server and whether maybe say if, if you were an AD specialist or you know, SQL specialist, that was a very, very narrow band to go down. But using those technologies broadens that. Now, today, if you look at what the equivalent is today, I don't know. But there's a lot more fear, I think, in terms of job security because things are developing so quickly in different areas. Well, to that end, you know, having job security and your technical acumen and the things that you're good at is one aspect of it. And making sure that, you know, exchange management doesn't disappear on you. But on the other hand, change is inevitable. Things are going to change. It's going to happen. I mean, personally, that's what I love about the IT field is that things are constantly changing. It always kind of weirds me out when people are afraid of change when they're in IT. So to me, embracing change has always been a great way to not only ensure my job is safe and secure, but also my knowledge, how I fit in. Even my salary improves when I start embracing change and becoming that leader in the change. Kim, what can individuals do to be prepared to be this kind of leader? So first of all, I just want to say that I 100% agree about how critical it is to embrace change. And you have to constantly find ways to reinvent your career. Sometimes you're, you know, you have to constantly find ways to reinvent your role so that you don't become irrelevant, right? But you definitely have to find ways to reinvent your career. And I just made the big Twitter reveal, like I said earlier today, because I officially signed my my offer today for changing my role in VMware after 11 years and after nine years of focusing on automation and, you know, kind of a subset of our management portfolio. I'm now completely shifting gears and going into something that I'm completely is all completely new to me. I'm definitely you know, if I have a spot that's weak for me, it's definitely at the infrastructure layer at a deeper level. So now I'm moving into the VMware cloud team and I get to learn all that stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm nervous and excited, but I'm looking forward to it. But, you know, I've had a lot of different roles. Like I said, I was in professional services before we were acquired by EMC. I was in professional services for the couple of years that we were at EMC. And when we first moved to VMware, And then I moved into R&D and took on something that was completely new and completely foreign, you know, becoming a solutions architect and then a functional architect. But in that role for five and a half years, I was continuously having to reinvent that job because I wasn't doing actual product development like everyone else on my team was. So I had to find ways and actively look for ways that I could contribute in a meaningful way that was beneficial to the product and to our customers and to the folks out in the field trying to sell the product and deploy the product and implement the product, right? That was like a constant shift. My role never looked the same from, you know, one month to the next or from one quarter to the next. So I think, you know, having that ability to kind of actively seek out 
things that need work or that can help your customers, whether they're internal customers or external customers, and really help build up your reputation for being able to solve problems is really important. And then making sure that people know that you're out there doing those things as well, making sure that you have that visibility within your leadership team so that they know that you're solving these problems for customers is also really important. So change, there's nothing guaranteed in life except what, what do they say, taxes and death, right? We all know those people that don't embrace change and just want to keep things at the status quo. And those are the jobs that are, you know, ripe for the picking when it comes to outsourcing and or elimination, in my opinion. I don't know what experience, Anthony or Ben, what you guys have in that area. Well, one thing for me that helped me in my career was getting more involved with the virtualization community, attending VMUG meetings, which with me ended up working up to being a VMUG leader. And once I became a VMUG leader, it just ended up opening doors. I started building contacts and, and stuff like that. And it really helped me in my career. You're so right. I totally left that out of my answer. And I meant to cover that networking with people more so than with devices is so critical, right? Make sure people know who you are and what your strengths are. And being part of that community is just invaluable. Yeah, I agree there. I mean, all of us are here because I think from one way or another, we've, we've done well in that community aspect, right? We've understood that that is invaluable, but it also makes you learn. You see other people, you see examples, you kind of go, oh, look, well, you know, Kim's put on, on Twitter today, she's got an updated role. Like, that's pretty crazy. Like, what's happening there? You know, you also see it in front of your face. And, you know, I think that in itself, if you're that way inclined, should drive you to think about what's next and, you know, how you change a career and kind of make you sit and wonder, oh, am I going to sit here for the next five years or do I need to do something to change? I always love to whip out the Wayne Gretzky quote, right? To go where the puck is going, not where it's been. Yeah. And that can be hard to do in IT because, you know, there are so many technologies and they sometimes come out of left field. You know, my experience with VMware was kind of like Anthony's where it's like, I saw it and I'm like, this will solve our immediate problem. And then I started digging into it and realized how big that problem really was. I mean, we had a data center capacity problem. And so I found VMware as a solution to that. And I started thinking about the broader implications of it. And I was like, wow, this can have a big impact. And that's when I really got excited about jumping into it. So sometimes it's happenstance. Sometimes you got to be looking for it, but you got to be ready to grab it when it shows up. Yeah. And I think ultimately what we see today, because of the way that modern applications, modern platforms are going, I actually think there's a lot more agitation around our careers because we don't really know which way to go. And there's also this external pressure. This is like the Instagram effect, the social media effect. You see people saying, oh, I'm learning this or, you know, oh, I've done this today, you know, and I do that quite a bit when I'm learning a new technology. I put it out on Twitter, but maybe I'm not really realizing what it does to certain people, you know, because certain people might go, oh, man, I really, I've got to look at that. And if I'm not looking at that, then what am I doing? And I think it creates this agitation, but also this FOMO effect, which is very much, I think, snowballing at the moment, especially with, you know, the space that we're in around cloud computing, virtualization, Kubernetes. I said it, Kubernetes. I was just going to um, say Kubernetes. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, but it really is put in a fear of God to some people thinking, what do I do? There's pressure now to be a DevOps more than ever. What does that mean? Do I have to like code? Do I have? So, yeah, I feel like at the moment today, there's a massive bit of pressure being put on us as a community because we really are at this sort of crossroads of technology. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. There's so many ways that people can go and you know, you might think that you know what your business's goals are. And so 
if you don't, first of all, if you don't know what your business's high level goals are, you probably should figure that out. But also you need to make sure that your skills are aligned with that, right? Oh, and that's a really great point, Kim. I think all four of us started our careers in the days when we could be highly technical and not worry about the business. Like IT was all about a bunch of nerds just sitting in the basement doing their thing. And nobody cared what they did as long as the systems were there and and didn't go down. And in some cases, we were completely ignorant to what the end user experience was. We built things, they used it. They didn't have a choice. They just used it. And as cloud has come up, we've seen the advent of shadow IT and you know the business being much more savvy about what technology can do for them has forced us more, at least the four of us, to be more cognizant of what the business aspects of IT are. Anthony, are the days of pure technologist over with the growth of the cloud? And if so, how can those of us that do consider ourselves technologists start to become more business savvy? Yeah. And, you know, this is something that I grapple with quite a bit. And look, as you get older, naturally, I think you got to make a decision. Do you want to be technical all your career or do you want to do something more on the management side, the business side? You know, and that's something that we all should be thinking about at some point. And, you know, the cloud kind of accelerates that in some form or shape. You know, I think we've all been around the cloud for the last 10, 12 years, right? We just never called it that. And, you know, it's kind of morphed into what it is today, where it becomes just the general way to talk about how you, you know, consume IT, consume applications. But yeah, going back to the decision of business, I think it's critical to understand what happens in business as you get older. I mean, when you're younger, I don't think you need to just as much. But then again, the people that find that out in a younger age, they kind of found this yearning for the business side of things. So yeah, I think it just comes down to personal choice. Some people aren't cut out to think about things in a business way. So they might be the guys that just want to be the technologists and work on the tech and, you know, be on the tools all their career. And that's totally fine. But at some point you have to make that decision. You know, in 10 years time, where do I want to be? And that's kind of scary at times. Yeah, it's interesting. When I went to, I'm, I'm actually one of those old tech people that actually went to school to do tech work back in, I'm not going to say which decade, but, you know, I really enjoyed like the systems analysis classes that I took. And I focused on a degree in more systems analysis than the university that I went to actually had sort of two tracks for computer science. One was more business focused and the other one was more administrative focused and lower level. And I chose kind of the one down the middle and I got a minor in business. So I think for me, being able to speak to both sides of the house, being able to speak technical and be technical, but also be able to have those conversations at the business level and with end users and be able to take kind of end users requirements and transform those into technical requirements was what I really enjoyed doing. And that's kind of where I found my uh, sweet spot, if you will. While I wrote a lot of code when I was younger, I also did a lot, all of the design work. So I just feel like to me, in my mind, that's always been critical. My first job out of university was writing, you know, standalone apps that we had to take Windows 3.1 off of the laptop so that the sales guys, literally the soap sales guys, didn't get themselves in trouble. And we were installing these little DOS applications to help them sell soap. I mean, so I had to have user experience, really simplistic user experience in mind from day zero, but not everybody has that experience. I don't know how, like, I couldn't be where I was now if I didn't have the ability to see and talk on both sides of that coin. You know, for me, I've actually had an interesting career where I started 
again, really kind of technical. I was actually a web developer at the time and actually moved into more of that systems analysis space. VMware dragged me back down to the data center floor, if you will. And then as I moved into more of a pre-sales role later on, now I'm starting to think more about the business requirements. And that's a job I really did enjoy, you know, working with customers, understanding their needs and being able to build a solution for them to go forward with. And then moved into more technical marketing, which again is trying to even more connect the dots at an even higher level of business needs and capabilities of a technology. And now with Highland, my job has actually become more focused on the business than the technology in an interesting turn that you kind of alluded to, Anthony, where sometimes you got to make a choice. And I've slowly been kind of making my way there, kicking and screaming at times. But I'm really enjoying seeing the business aspect of an IT service provider. And of course, you know, we have to satisfy users on the back end as well. So, you know, being able to understand what users really need and what our competitors are providing and synthesizing that, working with our technical team as to how to implement that gives me a lot of joy. I've really enjoyed that. And I was one that just did not want to give up my technical hat and for the longest time, didn't change my title because it was technologist. I didn't want to lose that title. And I finally realized that I'm actually kind of enjoying that a lot of the things that made me enjoy IT are just the analytics, the processing data, solving problems. And that's kind of what I do all day still, even though it's not directly at a Visio diagram. So I guess like what Brian was saying, I started my career, I was working part-time at a CompUSA, not to date myself. And one of the managers asked me if I wanted to go full-time. And next thing I know, I'm working full-time there. And I went from going to school full-time to going to school part-time. And after that, I ended up going for an interview at a uh, an aerospace company for a job in IT. And my second interview, he put me in a cube with a bunch of parts and said, build this PC. I had never done it before. I had never built the PC from scratch. I knew the concepts of like what parts were needed and what goes where and what gets connected to what, but I've never done it myself. And I did it. I don't think the motherboard was really mounted in there correctly, (laughs) but once you put all the cards in and secure the cards in the slot, that board's not really going anywhere. So uh, it's funny. He said to me, my now old boss, he goes, you're going to run into a problem. When you do come get me. So I put everything together and I came and I asked him what OS he wanted he gave me DOS disks for DOS 622. So I load DOS on there, and then I went to him. I'm like, all right, what's next? He goes, wait, what? The hard drive was supposed to be bad. <laughs> and I guess I had the magic touch. Oh, that's great. Yeah. One of the things I love about that, in my very first job in high school was in retail as well, is part of what probably made that a super successful job interview in that regard is being able to think on your feet and understand what people need to make them happy so that when you walk away from them, that they're not upset. Exactly. That was a huge skill set that I learned working in retail and and anybody who has to work with end users in that way, you know, face to face, you know, that's a skill set that's invaluable. Yeah, that brings back memories when I was still going to university. I worked for our general services department and I actually did development for them and we needed a new computer in the department. And of course, I had a limited budget that I could work with. But what it was, was that orders over a certain amount required higher level sign off, but you could have as many orders as you wanted under a certain amount. So I ordered computers in parts and then put them together so that we could get new hardware without having to get higher level approval. 
Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So that was my experience. I haven't built a lot of computers in my time, but I was at least able to piece those together. Yeah. So those were all great stories. I love the fact that we ended up sharing kind of some of our stories about how unique skill sets got built. And, you know, one of the things I would encourage everyone that we've already, you know, we, we just kind of discussed throughout this whole thing, particularly at the beginning was the fact that, you know, specialization can be good, but job security really comes when you know a broad amount of things. You know, it's the classic analogy of being 10 foot deep in one technology, but one foot deep in a lot of other technologies and being able to synthesize pieces together is ultimately what makes IT successful. So quite frankly, you know, if all you know is storage and your company is talking about going to the cloud, you probably have some justification for fearing for your job. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I like to tell everybody that, you know, when your career takes different paths, you know, God closes a door and he opens a window type of thing. You know, there's always opportunity, even in a bad situation. The thing to do is to embrace that change and take the opportunity to learn something new and grow. So if you're a storage person and your company's talking about moving to the cloud, jump in early, actively pursue something else that you know is going to be critical for the cloud. Spend some time learning how AWS works or how virtual machines work or what it takes to manage a SaaS application. And that active pursuit of that is going to be noticed. And that visibility within leadership, I 100% agree with. I've had that in my career as well as if you're being seen as somebody that's going out of their way to learn the next thing and embracing the change, they're going to look to you as a leader and they're going to put you in those positions to be a leader on that technical team. Maybe not as a manager, but as somebody who others are going to look up to. And when you're really jumping into the deep end of something new, we all definitely have experienced this on this call, is that the IT field has a strong community feel. And it's not just the VMO community that a lot of virtualization people think of. You know, there's strong communities in Kubernetes. There's a strong community around Mac products. There's a strong community in the Linux space. I mean, any open source is kind of based on community to begin with. So go out, look for those community groups, find the individuals that are teachers in that space. Purposely not saying rock stars, but people that are teachers out there. Those are the people that are doing the blogs. Those are the people that are presenting at those events and find out how from them you can learn and grow in that space. And, you know, if you have that fear of missing out, you feel like something's moving without you. That's a really good sign that you should start looking at some new technology. But when it comes down to it, it's not all about the technology. And I love that we ended with this conversation around kind of our soft skills, the business aspects of things, and what enables IT to do what we're doing, what we've been doing for years, is the fact that the business needs something. And the cloud is accelerating our need to understand what the business is doing because they are making much more business-focused decisions when they move to the cloud than they ever did when they were on-premises. It's a fairly significant change, and it's causing a lot of attention into what IT does. So, you know, bridging that gap within your IT team can be a critical function as you go forward. So don't be afraid to start picking up business skills and keep in mind the fact that, you know, the job you had in high school, the job you had during college has many skills that you may have learned that actually may benefit you in this. So a lot of us have more experience in this than we ever thought. But with that, let's finish off this episode of the Cloud Bytes podcast. Thank you to Ben, Kim, and Anthony for a great conversation. Also, thanks to Island for making this podcast possible. Please check out all the episode notes, panelist contact information, further information on this topic, and all the other episodes at cloudbytes.cloud. You can also find our episodes on your favorite podcast apps. 
And if you found this content useful, we'd appreciate your sharing with your friends and colleagues and rating us with those favorite podcast platforms. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cloud Bytes podcast. I'm soon to have a new architect role uh, as a solutions architect in our, um, let's see, in our VMware cloud field. I don't even know what it is anymore. Let me start <laughs> over. No I don't know what my job is. I don't know what my new title is. I'd actually have to go look at the offer that I got in the in email today.